Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel a little bit stuck? Then coaching may be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship that's totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life, want to start seeing results, reach out to Incredible for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to paulferrandi.com or at IamIncredible on all my socials. Click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the best version of yourself. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Welcome to the Incredipal Podcast. And now, sharing his expertise, experience, and excellence with the world, here's your host, Paul Ferrandi. I'm Paul Ferrandi, and welcome to another episode of the Incredipal Podcast. So this time, I have a two-for-one. I have two people on a podcast. Daniel, how about you start off and introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is um, Daniel Ferrandi. Um, I'm currently a PhD student in music technology at New York University. And I think that's all relevant things about me. I think there's some other stuff, but I'll let it slide for right now. Uh, how about you, Esther? Introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Esther. I'm a junior studying chemical engineering at Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, but I'm actually currently in Dublin, Ireland, studying abroad here. So just a student going through life, going through study abroad and all that comes with that. Nice. So, Daniel, you're a grad student at NYU. Uh, what made you decide on going to grad school? I guess I think the biggest thing for me was that I knew, like, when I was in undergrad, that I just basically just wanted to still study the stuff I was studying more. Yeah. I was passionate about it. And I knew that if I just got a job, like a regular job, I would probably get bored. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I might as well take what I've been doing and the stuff I've been trying to learn and just make it my life. Yeah. So I to do a PhD. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, and then Esther, you said you're currently studying abroad. Um, is that something you've always wanted to do or how did that come about? Yeah, I definitely just always wanted to study abroad. I don't remember how old I was, but just since I was a kid and I learned what study abroad was, I thought it was so cool that you could just go to another country and learn and do stuff there. So ever since I can remember, it's been something that I've wanted to do, and now I'm doing it. So it's definitely surreal being here. Sometimes I just walk around and I'm like, wow, like, this thing that I've been hoping and dreaming for for such a long time is finally here, is finally happening. So it's been a great experience. Nice. Yeah, so th- that's really cool. I I always wish I had studied abroad when I was in college, uh, but between internships and other things I did, um, that's how I decided I wanted to do it. I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, that's awesome you are able to do it. Um, so... For those people out there, um, I know they introduced themselves at the beginning. Full disclosure, I am related to both of these people, but I 
chose them just to get uh, interesting perspectives in the last two years, dealing with COVID, going to school, and trying to figure out how to even navigate the the world with COVID as it is now, and even internships and working as well. So let's dive right into it. Um, so I think, Daniel, you had an internship experience um, prior to COVID, right? Yeah. Um, kind of compare and contrast, um, like we are, or talk a little bit about your internship experience before COVID and the one you had during COVID. Yeah. So I guess before COVID, I had like, I think like three different internships. Um, the first one was with Union Pacific. Mm-hmm. The second one was with Boys Town National Research Hospital. And then the third one was at this small startup company called, um, ScanMed slash Bot Image. It was a startup company. And then they had a new sister company they started to that I was actually looking for. So, like, I guess the difference was getting to go in and work and see people um, was, like, the big difference. Because um, once COVID hit, um, because then the next thing I did, I did, like, um, I did, like, an REU program that was remote. Mm-hmm. And then I also did, like, another, I mean, it was an internship, but it was, like, a research assistantship that was remote. Well, it was remote, but I kind of saw him sometimes. But most of the time, I was just meeting on Zoom. But the biggest difference between the two is that you don't get to be in an office and talk to people and form a community like that. Okay. It's kind of just business. Like it's kind of just meeting with your boss, being like, okay, you, this is what you're supposed to do this week. Here's what I did. Um, so the good thing is that it's, it's more flexible. You're not like inconvenienced leaving your place. But the bad thing is that, like, in terms of community wise, like, not as fun. You don't really feel oh, yeah. part of a team. So, I guess those are the disadvantages of it. Yeah. Did you get much interaction with the rest of your team, or was it really only your boss or your PI? Yeah. I mean, I guess for the ones I did remote, the teams yeah. were smaller. Like, like, my did the REU program was basically. Me, two PIs, one PhD student, and one postdoc was making mainly who, and then, but I mean, we would usually meet with other students. We'd know with other students for these like general events. So those were not as communal. And we kind of tried to do like Zoom or Discord stuff. Okay. And I guess some of them I still kind of a little bit talk to about that LinkedIn, but it's not the same as meeting people in person, hanging out or whatever. Yeah. And then for the like, the research assistantship after that, which was my job like last year. It was basically just me and the PI. And then the other people in the lab, but like, I didn't really meet with them basically ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, is there anything you, 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 I know you mentioned the community aspect. Is there anything else you missed from your in-person um, internship experiences versus your virtual. I ask that because right now, coming up on two years on COVID, so there's potentially people who are about to be juniors who have never had a normal internship experience. So mm-hmm. is there anything that maybe they can be looking forward to or 
uh, other things that you people may not think of um, that you do in person versus remote? I guess some companies, I, I feel like it's not as common, but some companies used to have like dress codes. Oh, yeah. Like working at GC, um, Union Pacific, you have, you can't wear jeans. Like, mm-hmm. Pants and things like that. So, like, having to worry about a dress code. I guess meetings are more, I feel like when you're in a meeting in person rather than Zoom, you, you can't tune out. Like, I feel like nowadays with Zoom meeting, if it's like more than 10 people, you can easily just like tune just out. Just fade into the background. Yeah. Like, if you're not presenting anything, you can easily do that. Yeah. Um, so, I think those are probably the biggest ones. Oh, yeah. To me, I, just, I like messing. I like messing around with people in the office. Like the cool oh, yeah. thing about when I was at Union Pacific is that a lot of the other interns there, like there were a lot of interns there that like went to school and just because like it's in the same, it was the same city I did. Yeah, they grad in. Mm-hmm. Um, even on like different floors or something, and we all mm-hmm. had, and we had they have like this custom like DMing or direct messaging thing. So sometimes we'll just DM each other to get lunch or hang out or visit their Oh, yeah. So I miss things like that. Oh, yeah. So what I'm getting, like, so more of the the casual interactions, even the dress code. The dress code is huge. So I even know, like, my company used to not allow uh, uh, jeans. They recently changed that a few weeks ago, and everyone was excited about that as far as headquarters is concerned. So that that does make a difference, uh, but no, th- thanks for sharing that. Uh, so turn it over to you, Esther. I know. Um, well, how about you just talk about your COVID experience as far as what life was, what were you doing right before COVID, and how COVID kind of changed things for you. Yeah, so I was a freshman in college when COVID first kind of hit. I was on my spring break. And we got an email from our school basically saying, um, don't come back. It's not safe. Um, and all our stuff was still there. So everyone was, you know, just kind of freaking out. But, um, it worked out. I ended up, um, doing a remote research experience that summer. So that was my first time ever doing research or an internship or anything like that. Mm. So, yeah. um, all my experience up to now has been kind of, through the pandemic yeah. um, and doing experiences through that. So I'm also excited this summer to kind of see what a more um, in-person experience will be like in industry. So it's it sounds like you're looking forward to things going to back to in-person. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I did have the opportunity to do a research um, experience last summer in REU that was in person so that was really great just to get to do that that was actually my first in-person research experience so um i really enjoyed that and then i got to do research back at my university this past year and that was also in person but i still never had kind of an experience that wasn't in academia so this summer Mm -hmm. i will get to have that so um, i'm definitely excited to experience that but i think it is interesting just having covid hit um, my freshman year, I had about like three quarters of my freshman year and then COVID hit. So majority of my college experience has been shaped by the pandemic. Um, me and my friends are often always talking about, we always wonder, um, what college would have been like kind of not having the pandemic, especially yeah. 
um, our sophomore year um, was last year. So it was just a lot of online classes. Mm -hmm. um, you didn't really get to hang out with your friends as much or people did kind of picnics a lot or stuff like that. So it was definitely just a very, very interesting year to have as a college student, as a young person. Um, but definitely things got better this year, and I think they're continuing to get better. So That's good. Yeah. That's good. So based on that, so you're a junior right now, correct? Yeah. You're coming yeah. up on your senior year. Um what are your thoughts on, I know Daniel's on here. He kind of said that he, he wanted to be in his, in his field a little bit longer and go to grad school. Is that something that you thought about or is, is that something you know or are you still trying to figure it out? Yeah, definitely something I'm still trying to figure out. Um, before I got to college, I thought for sure I was going to go to grad school because I wanted to be a researcher, a scientist, mm -hmm. but I think having done various research experiences, I've realized that you really have to find something that you've kind of fallen in love with, especially to be able to go to grad school and spend so much of your time just researching mm. one subject and doing it so in depth. And I think I'm very much the type of person who there's a lot of things that I really like and there's not one thing that I would want to spend multiple years kind of learning in depth and researching. So at this point in my life, I'm still kind of trying to decide if grad school is a path for me. Yeah. But I think if I were to go, I would definitely take a few years off before doing so just to make sure that it is exactly what I want. Well, that's completely fair. I know for me, even up until my last semester, I graduated in the fall semester, I was looking at grad schools and full-time because um, I wasn't completely sure because so are you. I had research experience, and I also had industry experience. So I'll try to figure out what what was best for me. But coming back to Daniel, he's still here, hasn't logged off yet. Um, but talking, okay. talk more about your your research as far as what you can share. Like what what are you passionate about? So I guess I can go more into my background. So like. I did my undergrad as like a double major in music technology and computer engineering. Wow. So I've basically just been really passionate about all things music and technology. Yeah. But you know what? Might as well get a PhD in music technology. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I mean, the reason I'm here, it's like I'm in New York City and at NYU is because like I'm also a jazz musician and New York City is like the jazz capital of the world. Mm -hmm. And the way our program works is we have like a primary advisor and a secondary advisor. Okay. Um, so my primary advisor does like a lot of engineering oriented research. Specifically, it's like the intersection of like audios, digital signal processing and machine learning um, for music. And then my other advisor um, is a composer and she does music. She does research like in musicology, especially Ghanaian research. Oh, wow. So she's like, um, so she does a lot of things with like electronic world or like uh, world electronic music. Okay. Um, and so like, so I, this semester I have a couple of research projects going. Like my first one is on like automatic synthesizer programming. 
This yeah. is something I did for my honors thesis project in my undergrad, but I did it badly. <laughs> now, now I'm actually like really doing it. Yeah. Um, and like, so that's, so that is basically the idea is like, if you have like a VST synthesizer, which is like an electronic instrument people use to make um, sounds. How do you go backwards from like an audio signal created by that instrument mm -hmm. to like, to the domain of the parameters um, that created that sound um mm -hmm. and then now and this has been done before but the novel aspect of my research is that you can it's, it's supposed to be a deep learning model that you can train it for multiple vsts so you can pick which vst synthesizer you want and it'll go back to any of them um so that's like the main project i've been working on especially and last year was spring break but i pretty much spent all of spring break doing this <laughs> deadlines for like um some conferences that were, the main conference I went publishing is like in a month. Oh, okay, okay. And then the other project I'm we have I basically just done some preliminary reading on, but is on um temperament learning, which temperaments in music are like tuning systems essentially. Um so like if you think of most Western music we have equal temperaments. And that's how we get 12 notes. Maybe you on the piano, there's 12 notes, space per octave. But not every, not every system of music uses those. Well, not every culture uses those, especially. Okay. So this is what my other advisor, so, um, so she does, so we're doing like a, we're trying to build an algorithm to, um, auto learn temperaments, um, from recordings. Wow. Um, so that's like the that's the music information like my research field is music information retrieval okay basically computational analysis of music so my, i guess my my um addition to that research is the computational scenario yeah um but there's other stuff um going on with that research um, and then we should be traveling to guinea like in the summer too so that should be exciting oh nice that's really cool wow well, that seems like a lot. I, I see you mentioned that you had spring break. That seemed like it wasn't much of a spring break. Uh, you were still <laughs> working. Is that uh, is that typical of grad school, or is that just your passion as far as not having much break? No, I think a lot. Like a lot of people took a break. I just okay. didn't really want to because okay, I just want to set the president because this is my first year. I want to set the president of like getting into research and okay i was i was supposed to publish paper like a year ago even in my undergrad because working with people i did like an audio over the summer and then i kept working with them yeah during the school year but then like i got way too because i had like for basically three research projects a year ago wow i got like two i didn't focus enough and then i couldn't i just missed the deadline ah uh. so now i'm just like paranoid that I might mess something up again. <laughs> so that's kind of why. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So there, there is hope. Grad school is not just all work. You do get some breaks is what you're saying. No, there's a lot of fun. A okay. lot of people have fun. I mean, I have a lot of fun. Okay. Wait, lots of people travel. Lots of people do stuff. It's more of like a me thing that I kind of felt like I needed to do. Okay. Well, that's very cool. And coming back to Esther, I know that you said you're, you're studying abroad right now. Um, 
anything you can compare between yours i mean it's it's covid so it might be a little bit different but between how school has gone for you um here stateside versus um uh, where you are currently and if you've had if you got a chance to see any cool places while you're there yeah, so I think school is definitely different. There are a lot of similarities, but I think the biggest difference for me is that I have a lot more time here. I don't know if that's just because maybe I'm getting better at time management or I, I don't know. You would but... have less less time for <laughs> managing by, right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, when I'm at school at home, I, I just have a lot more to do. Okay. Um, Comparing the U.S. to kind of Ireland, I think the U.K. are just um, a lot of European schools in general. Um, there's a lot less continuous assessment here, and a lot more of your grade is, is dependent on your final exam. Okay. So, for instance, I'm in a biology class where 30% of our grade is from three quizzes that we have in the semester, and then 70% of my grade is the final exam <laughs> versus... Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Hold on a second there. Let's see if I, <laughs> my math is right. One quiz is 10% of your grade. Yeah, yeah. So and I then three the quizzes. final is 70% of your grade. Yeah, so you What about homework? Just, there, there's no homework, yeah. No so, homework. No homework at all, yeah. So I think when I'm back home at school, majority of my time is spent doing, doing homework for anyone who studied engineering. You just know... It's just a lot of homework all the time, but it's it's interesting that it's just not like that here. Um, they just put more emphasis on your final exam, which is so far really nice throughout the semester, but we'll see what happens at the end um, if I can get the grades I need to get. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I think that's the biggest difference, and that's probably why I have more time here. Okay. Um, and then in terms of traveling, I also just got out of spring break. Um, here, since I'm in Ireland, I actually got um, two weeks, which was really nice. I didn't you know that. two weeks? Uh, yeah, yeah, I got two weeks of spring you break. You didn't go to school? You said <laughs> no homework, three quizzes, one test, and then two weeks of spring break? Yeah, I'm definitely just definitely getting to relax a little bit more, more here than I do at home. Um, but yeah, so I got the chance, uh, to visit the west, western coast of Ireland, because where I am in Dublin is kind of on the east side of the country. Okay. So I went to the west Galway and then visited, um, the Crest of Nowhere, um, which is kind of just a big monument in Ireland where there okay. are these cliffs. I don't know if viewers have heard about it. Um, and I also went to the Arran Islands, which are just these small islands off the west coast of Ireland. So, Okay. That was nice to see. And then I have a friend who is studying abroad in Edinburgh in the UK and Scotland. So I got the chance to go visit her and see some of our other friends who also came to visit for their spring break. Um, so it's definitely been nice getting to just travel around and see a bit more of the country and of Europe and the UK. So, nice. Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty cool. I know there are a lot of people talk about... COVID fatigue and dealing with remote work and all of that stuff. Um, and there's kind of this idea of um, how you're managing your mental health. So I, I'm curious, and I'll leave it open to who wants to answer first. Have you guys 
face have either of you faced COVID fatigue, so to speak, or how have you dealt with the, the transition into this more remote world we're in? I think for me the biggest fatigue was just like the pack of socializing with people like in a like just regular way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I think it wasn't that long and like luckily for us because it was more like March twenty twenty to like August twenty twenty. And then we had school with masks. Okay. And, but there were like a lot of them were hybrid classes. Okay. Or just fully zoom. So after the once it was August, it wasn't that bad. But between then, it kind of really sucked because you couldn't like, especially like the first month or two, you couldn't basically go anywhere but yeah, or just but like Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess I don't know the way to deal with it. I guess you just have to have people that you're close to. Like luckily we were together. Like our family was together at that time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what what would be like if it wasn't like that. Yeah. But I think, yeah, having people you're close to is super important because if not, you're just on your own. Yeah, that would be pretty hard. How about you, Esther? Um, were any COVID fatigue or any ways that you've tried to deal with it? Yeah, I would definitely say that um, I got COVID fatigue. Just I think our world just changing so quickly in such a monumental way, which is not being able to see people all the time kind of just what we've already talked about. It was just really interesting right at first. Um, I think similar to what Daniel said, how I dealt with it was just leaning on the people who are closest to me. Like, Mm -hmm. even if you can't always, like, physically interact with people during that time, I think just calling your friends. I remember um, during spring 2020, when my school kind of just randomly went online, I would just like call my friends randomly or we would all like do homework together on Zoom. And like, even though like it was such a difficult time because going through all that and then on top of that, having to just transition to virtual school really quickly. And at that time, I think our professors just didn't know what they were doing. So it was almost like school became like 10 times harder than it already mm. was. Yeah. Um, so it was just good to have people that you could who are going through the same thing who you could talk to and rely on and then also of course just being able to be at home and spend more time with family was also um just really nice and i think um going into the school year last year um i think a lot of people at my school or maybe just me in particular got closer to their roommates because those are kind of was kind of your own little family unit so yeah. you could just kind of do whatever you wanted with them. You didn't have to wear masks with them in your room. Um, and you could, I don't just kind of live normally. So I definitely got closer to my roommates during that time. And they were people that I could rely on. And also, of course, um, just having family in the area um, where I go to school helped a lot too. Yeah. No, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with both of you. Uh, family is important as we are family. Uh, we, we're definitely there to support each other. Um, and yeah, I, I can't say much more than that. I think that's, that's really good. Just looking forward though, uh, it seems like things are starting to open up. Uh, mass mandates have been lifted. People have gotten their shots or booster shots. 
if they are going to get their shots. Some people have it, which is fine. That might be a topic for another podcast, whether you're pro or, or against the vaccines. But uh, assuming the trend continues as it is, are there any things you're looking forward to either next year or the fall? I don't know, either career-wise, academic-wise. I think, as you said, you're a senior, so you'll be graduating. And then, Daniel, you'll be in your second year of grad school. Is there anything to look forward to or you're working towards? For me, the main thing I'm really looking forward to right now is, like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to have my first industry internship this summer. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited just to get um, some chemical engineering industry experience because I've had research experience before. Um, so I'm hoping that um, working and interning in industry will help me decide kind of if I want to go the more research route or if I want to go the more industry route. So I'm really looking forward to getting that experience and, you know, just um, being somewhere over the summer and having kind of an apartment and just getting to, I guess, have a little taste of adulting and adulthood. Yeah. Um, So I'm excited for that. And then going into next year, um, it is really crazy to me that I'm already about to graduate in a year. Um, College went by really fast, especially um, with kind of COVID taking some time out of it. But I'm looking forward to getting to go back um, and coming back from being abroad and just getting to be surrounded by my friends again and everyone at school. And also, I guess, just getting to learn more about kind of the applications of my major. I think I've been learning a lot more of that this year being an upperclassman, but I know next year um, I'll get even more of that, so I'm excited for that. But also just to um, be able to experience more of St. Louis, I'm hoping to. Um, having friends um, who mm-hmm. have cars, or just yeah, being able to manage my time better to make sure that I'm getting to experience the place that I am and getting to um, hang out with my friends and also just making sure I'm learning in my classes as well. Nice. That sounds like you have a lot to look forward to. Yeah, definitely excited. Sam, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of just want the restrictions to be gone. I mean, right now, like probably like the past few weeks, New York has like removed most of restrictions. Um, like, especially like bars or any indoor place, you don't really need a mask or on the subway. Mm-hmm. But NYU in particular still has restrictions that I really, really, really hope are gone in the fall. Like restrictions for white guests can come into NYU. You have to like show your daily school they're at every day and like sign on and do that. It's like a whole process thing that takes like a minute and it's annoying. Oh, wow. So I just wanted to have that stuff oh, gone away, especially since most of these schools don't have this. Like Columbia is like right above, and I if you can literally just walk in, and if even if you're not a student. So I just I'm looking forward to hopefully NYU not having this stuff in the fall. Yeah, and I mean I'm kind of looking forward to things being normal. I feel like things are kind of normal, but people's minds aren't normal yet. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like, with the pandemic is really over, but people haven't really fully embraced it yet. 
So I'm looking forward to people fully embracing it and just being like, yeah, this, this is how things are. <laughs> it's been a while since we've been normal. Um, yeah, I think those are the things for me. Yeah. So I will say, because we know that how the pandemic has gone, things have swayed. Things have been high. Things have been low. Uh, but I will say, I think everyone can agree that the last couple of years um, have been really long. We never thought it would take this long. I mean, I think I, I remember when it first happened, they're just saying like a couple of weeks, stay at home, um, let, and then let things die down. But a couple of weeks turned to a couple of months, a couple of months to a year. And now we're two years of, of COVID, which is crazy thing. Really crazy. Glad you guys uh, agreed to just come on here and share your experiences as students. Um, two different perspectives from one um, being on the undergrad, looking towards the future and the other side, you, Daniel, um, living the undergrad life, deciding that you knew what you want to do and jumping straight into to graduate school. Um, so I want to get two different perspectives as far as how, kind of how you arrived at your solutions. And Daniel, I'll start with you. Like, what would you tell someone who's thinking about going to, to grad school? I mean, and you can be as detailed or as short as you want. Like, what are some things they should be aware of or things that they may like or not like uh, that maybe you, you didn't know until you started grad school? I would say that you should know that with industry, you'll always, like, you'll probably always get more money, especially if you're, like, like, if you are in, um, let's just say if you're, like, doing engineering, I mean, yeah. or, like, in STEM or something. So, like, don't go to grad school to get more money. Maybe master's degrees sometimes, like, but for those, like, make sure you got that a company funding you or it's like, a master's degree. Yeah. Like the first thing, don't go to grad school to get more money. I mean, like PhD students, like engineering PhD students after they graduate get paid a lot, but you probably would have been, would have been promoted to that level of payment if you just stayed in the industry. So go to, I would say if you want to do a master's program, do it because I guess there's still some, maybe there's, uh, for two reasons, the career reason, like there's something in your undergrad that you didn't learn. But you need to learn to get a job that you want. Yeah. Or the second reason would be, um, I guess maybe you want you just want to change your field in general, um, which is kind of the same thing. Um, or maybe you want like you want to do research in a specific field, but you didn't have um, research experience in your undergrad. So doing a master's program towards the research you want to do can leave you there. But if you already had an undergrad. Focus on the field you want. You can go into a PhD. And I think for PhD, you just have to make sure, like, make sure you're dedicated to it. Like, a PhD is mm -hmm. like a big commitment. Yeah. You have to make sure you want to do it for sure. Yeah. Um, and you have to make sure you like research and you have to make sure you like reading papers because, like, 90, 80 to 90% of it is reading papers. <laughs> and, well, you probably wouldn't know if you like reading papers before because you don't really read them until you're you but you should know you shouldn't like the number one thing that you need to be passionate about research or it's just going to be a pain and it's not really going to make your life better like you can go and so, make more money yeah so what you're better. saying is if you didn't yeah. like 
if you didn't like research in undergrad, it's not just going to change and you'll start liking in grad school. Yeah, you'll probably be even more of a fan because the, the, the PhD level research is completely different. I feel like undergrad, like if you're a research assistant, it's kind of just like any job. But when you, when it's you doing the research, you have to like, you have to read the literature, you have to find the niche, you have to like, you like really like most of the universities, the real people doing the research are either PhD students or postdocs. The professors are kind of just our bosses telling us what we, us to do the work. <laughs> they don't really like really do it. So it's like a different, it's a completely different animal doing research as a PhD student as opposed to like, if you're a master's or undergrad student doing like a research assistancy. No, that's a really good perspective. I never really thought about that. So really people who are, especially engineers, but STEM in general, if uh, if you're looking at going to get your PhD or master's, depending on degree, I know there's some STEM degrees like the biology or chemistry that getting a master's or PhD is, re- is, is really necessary, but in engineering, not as much. You're not doing it for the money. You're doing it for the passion of learning and developing something new. Um, so that, that's cool to see. So thanks for sharing that. So I was going to ask you uh, a different question because you're obviously not in grad school. Not a lot of people um, get to study abroad for whatever reason. What would you tell them to change their mind or uh, what are some of the benefits you've seen of, of studying abroad? Yeah, I definitely think if you have the opportunity to study abroad, do it. Like for me, it was, it was not easy to get here. Um, I think just the nature of engineering and I don't know, maybe just the way my school does it in general, but it was difficult to get here. Last year I had to take another class to be able to study abroad and I've had to kind of just switch things around in my schedule. So it was definitely something I kind of had to plan um, early out. Um, So I would say um, depending on where you are in college, if you're a freshman, um, especially if you're studying engineering, I would say talk to your advisors and ask them what the study abroad opportunities are for your major and just make sure you know um, it ahead of time so that you can kind of plan the rest of your academic career around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, yeah, I know it's definitely just not possible for everyone, but I think, um, do what you can to make it possible, um, for you. There are definitely study abroad scholarships you can apply to. There are oh. uh, financial aid opportunities through your school. Yeah, there are tons of like outside scholarships that are not even like through your school that you can apply to. There's some like, there's some like specifically for minorities or specifically for like, low income or like kind of like with um scholarships that get you into school there's yeah. like a bunch of kind of niche things that you can find that might help you um get to where you want to get to to go um and i would say um so far studying abroad in general i think it's nice because you just get to meet kind of a wide variety of people um the school i'm at in dublin is a very international school there are students from all over, mostly from Europe, um, people from America, from Asia. I met someone from South Africa. Like, there's oh. people from all over. So I think it's just really nice to be able to meet people who are different from you, but also who are very similar to you because I feel like in this day and age, um, kind of in my generation, we're 
all very similar, I think, just with the social media and um, yeah. the movies you watch, the music you kind yeah. of listen to. So I think it's so interesting just meeting people who live kind of across the country from you, but yeah. are still just so similar to you because you're all in college, you're all um, trying to study something, going through mm-hmm. kind of becoming an adult. Um, so it really kind of opens your eyes to um, to more of the world and you can see that uh, America isn't everything or whatever yeah. country you're from um, <laughs> isn't everything, definitely. Um, so yeah, definitely would recommend to anyone, but I would say plan it out in advance if you can and just try to get as many resources and knowledge about it as possible. No, that's very good. I, I, I guess I really didn't think of having study abroad specific scholarships. I think that's, that's good to know that uh, people who want to do that, that they should seek those out. Um, as well as the international perspective. I think, um, there's a, there's a tendency, guys, I'm, we're all Americans here, like the tendency to think that we are the center of the world. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot more world out there. And just to experience that uh, while you're still an undergrad, um, and not like a, not a safe environment, maybe I'll say more controlled environment. It's probably uh, really cool to see that and interact with other students as well. So thanks for sharing that perspective. That's pretty much all the time I had scheduled for today. Uh, um, I know Daniel, you had mentioned that um, you're in a band. Uh, I don't know if you have any socials or websites you want to share. And that's if you have anything you want to share, like either share how we can stay connected with you or what you're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to see my um, like music stuff, I have a music Instagram, Daniel Parabi Music. Um, my group has a website, bedtrio.com, B-E-D-trio.com. Awesome. Um, and then if you want to see like research stuff, like go to LinkedIn or go to my website, danielfarmby.com. And I put my projects there. And yeah, that's basically all. Awesome. Yeah. It's probably, you're involved in a lot of different things. How about you, Esther? Yeah, for me, just feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. If you're an undergrad, I remember when I was a freshman and a sophomore, I hated LinkedIn um, <laughs> just because I I guess I didn't want to grow up maybe. But now now I'm really starting to appreciate it. And I think it's nice to get to see what a lot of people are doing um, mm-hmm. and to connect with people. So feel free to connect with me on there. It's just... Um, my name and if you're an undergrad and maybe you're also resistant to LinkedIn I would say to consider it and it's not as scary as you might think it is that might be a, a future episode talking about LinkedIn and the, the benefits of it who knows so as always um, if you have any thoughts or ideas about future episodes you want anyone that you want me to interview or talk to um, just shoot me a message on my socials there'll be a link there I am Paul. I'm on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. You can find me at Paul Ferrandi. But thank you to our guests, Daniel and Esther. And I call them brother and sister. Thank you for humoring me for this episode. It's been great to dive into the stuff that you guys are passionate about and how you've navigated it in the crazy world we've been living in. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Incredible Paul Podcast with Paul Ferrandi. We hope you enjoyed. 
Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. And be incredible. Incredible. Incredible.